You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your electronical device, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Sponsored by rockauto.com. Amazing deals at reliably low prices. Find all the parts you'll ever need at rockauto.com. I'm your host, EJ Andrews of jcertoncouch.com. And this is part two of EJ rants about how the Blue Jays blew it in Tampa Bay. I know, right? Shocking. But, yeah, just today's game really left me in a bad mood if you want to check out what i thought about how the position players did as a whole during that first three game series of 2020 in the festering covid19 hotspot that is central florida check out the previous episode of the podcast you will find it there where there are some happy things and some very very unhappy things that we talk about so We will get into that, but we are not focusing on position players in this one. We are focusing on the pitching. And just as a disclaimer, we won't really be touching on Ken Giles in this episode. I'm saving that for tomorrow as we as we kind of get back on track with these, you know, actual weekday episodes. So I I have some things to say about Ken Giles. So we will be doing that. Uh, tomorrow, maybe when we get a little more of a diagnosis than right elbow soreness, which can mean anything from he needs a topical cream from CBDMD or he needs Tommy John surgery. I know which one I'd prefer. Hopefully he uses the promo code. There you go, CBDMD. That's a free one. Anyway, there are things to like from the position... Um, position players, which we talked about on the previous episode, but we are focusing on pitchers. And again, there were things to like and things that annoyed the heck out of me. And once again, we are going to focus on the things that I liked first in order to kind of calm me down and, you know, make it so I don't go on a Sixero-esque rant for an entire 10 minutes because then this podcast episode will be too long and we can't have that. So let's start with the good. For the most part, the bullpen looked good in Tampa Bay, which is a positive. Um, you you start with the guys who appeared in multiple games. Um, that would be Jordan Romano, Rafael Delis, and Anthony Bass, who are expected to be, you know, the main high leverage guys in the Toronto bullpen. And so far, Delise has been a little shaky, but other than that, it's been a solid production for those guys. Jordan Romano has his fastball and slider working extremely well. Did not give up a hit in two innings against the Rays. Got three strikeouts. Walked a couple batters on Friday, but, you know, we can we can overlook that. Um, But, you know, a a stark contrast from last year when it was kind of clear he wasn't pitching 
with a clean bill of health and you know is trying to force the issue a lot of times but he did he did look a lot better there Anthony Bass pitched two and a third innings against the Rays did not allow a hit let alone a run um, did pick up his first strikeout today and again looked like a late inning option that the Blue Jays may be able to trot out and bank on which is not a complete surprise given how successful he was last season at Se- in Seattle it was actually a surprise that Seattle put him on waivers but yeah, the Blue Jays will snatch him up with no problem at all and then Rafael Delis, he gave up the he gave up the run today, which I mean, it, that is that is what it is. He he kind of compounded it himself by by giving up that double to Marco, but he was able to fight out of that, and he was able to fight out of the inning on Friday. So for a guy who hasn't pitched in Major League Baseball since 2013. He's kind of finding his way a little bit. I'm encouraged with what I see out of Delise. The, the main thing is he's gotta he's gotta be able to to get a feel for these MLB balls again, as Buck Martinez would say, and everyone would laugh, and I hope you laughed. But he's got to get reacquainted with with how he's he's handling himself here, because you could see him today like bouncing splitters in the dirt, and when they weren't bouncing, they were just hanging up there and just begging to be hammered so you know as he tries to fight through that a little bit I I can see enough there that I see why the Blue Jays were happy to jump on the opportunity to bring Dolis into the fold and I think the bridge there is enough that the Blue Jays can, can build on that and technically Brian Moran also pitched in multiple games in Tampa Bay, which isn't surprising. And that Brian Moran is probably the guy I gained the most respect for in doing my whole simulated season during the first half of 2020. Because, as I've said on this program before, I hate the fact that the Blue Jays do not have a lot of left-handed options. I mean, Thomas Pannone didn't even crack the 30-man roster. So... And with Ryan Barucki on the taxi squad, it's basically Anthony Kay and Brian Moran as the only lefties in the bullpen that Charlie Montoyo can call on. So Moran being able to go out there and, and prove he can do what he needs to do, which is get left-handed batters out, which, I mean, the Rays have a few of those. Um, and, and actually keep the ball on the ground. That, that's huge for me to see. And it gives me a lot of confidence that Moran can be that lefty option that the Blue Jays will need. I don't care if you're like, well, the the splits show that we, you know, he he has the same against lefties. Doesn't matter. It's about changing the angle. It's about fooling with a batter's comfort levels, and having a sidearming lefty who can just throw junk wherever he wants. You know, he's, he's not got an overpowering fastball, but he can put the slider wherever he chooses. That's that's a nice thing to have. And I know I know technically he gets the blown save because he came in for Giles in today's game. But if you listen to the previous podcast, you know who I really blame for that. So 
that is what it is. And I would be remiss if I did not, you know, touch on the starters as well. Um, two of the starters. Well, do I say three out of four starters? Well, we'll get into it. First, Matt Shoemaker look good. Matt Shoemaker did what Matt Shoemaker does, which is keep batters off balance and, and get soft contact. And he was able to do that very effectively. He only gave up uh, five hits. No, not even that. Three hits. Not giving Matt Shoemaker enough credit. Three hits to one earned run in six innings. Struck out four. Walked two. Basically looked like the same guy he was last year, which is huge. Like, PCL looks to be healed up. Doesn't show any lingering effects. He went out there and did exactly what he did for the Blue Jays in 2019. And if the Blue Jays can get that for a full 2020, that's going to be huge in balancing out the rotation and, you know, hopefully having a better result than today. And then the tandem start that we saw today. And and this is something that when I was talking with uh, Jesse Goldberg Strassler, who is the Lansing Lugnuts broadcaster he said this would be something that the Blue Jays could try if they didn't want to go six-man rotation just to balance out the innings and when you have younger guys like Anthony Kay and and like Thomas Hatch who's making his MLB debut being able to do that um is a benefit to being to like actually getting your guys in positions to succeed and you know, Hatch looked exactly like the guy who earned all the buzz in summer camp for the Blue Jays. Two and a third scoreless innings, struck out three, walked a couple batters, but didn't give up a hit. Like, to get that for David Phelps, I mean, that's pretty good. That that trade deadline, when the Blue Jays sold off all the relievers, they sold off Phelps, they sold off Aaron Loop, who we saw today. Um, they sold off Steve Pierce. They did a remarkable scouting job in getting players that can actually contribute at a major league level. So I, I do think Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkin should get some credit for that and being able to identify talent that they could improve and bring up and, and were undervalued essentially by their their former employers. Like again, Thomas Hash for David Phelps might be uh, might be something. And then Anthony Kay, two and two thirds, uh Gave up three hits, including the home run to G-Man Choi from the right side of the plate, which who knew he could do that? But Kay looks like a guy who, you know, at the very least could probably transition to the bullpen and give the Blue Jays that other lefty arm with Brian Morant. So um, I I said this on the program before, too. The Blue Jays are going to have to start figuring out which starters are actually starters and which ones are going to be relievers. They seem to have made that choice with Jacob Wackus back already. I support that choice. Anthony K may be the next one on the bubble because it it looks like Ryan Barucki. They still want to keep a starter. But Anthony K might be that that multi-inning guy. And if he can harness his stuff, he has the potential to be an Andrew Miller type, which would be very nice to have. Especially considering some of the things that happened in the rest of the games. We will be talking about the three names that I have singled out for the back half of this podcast. And and by the way, um, only pitcher I didn't mention who actually pitched against Tampa Bay was AJ Cole. Shout out to my fellow AJ. 
AJ worked a scoreless inning, so, you know, AJs are 0-0 zero and zero for the Blue Jays on the ERA front. I don't know about MLB because I don't know if AJ Puck has pitched yet. I don't think he has. I think he's injured, so congrats to AJ Cole. And, you know, to all the players that we mentioned in the first half of this episode, you probably got yourself tired out. I know Ken Giles probably wished he could reach for some of the fine products from CBDMD.com. That's CBDMD.com, a company that offers some of the best CBD-infused topical creams that you could want for your body. They have an amazing duo right now. They have CBD Freeze with menthol. It's an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. I wouldn't recommend sharing at this time, but still, it is convenient and it's right there for you. CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds such as Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters the most and fight that pain. And it's even easier to try right now because if you go to CBDMD.com, they will offer you 25% off for typing in the promo code LOCKEDONMLB at checkout. So once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code LOCKEDONMLB to get 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD.com. You are Locked On Blue Jays. Your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right. So we're going to do this in honor of what should have been the opening day of the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. We have a bronze, a silver, and a gold medal to hand out for worst pitching performances of the weekend. And starting it off with a bronze medal, and it kind of sucks to do this to a guy who, you know, is coming in for the first time to the Blue Jays and, and making the first pitch of 2020, but Hyunjin Ryu did not have a good debut. He tried, and Charlie Montoyo tried, but four and two-thirds innings gave up... Uh, Gave up three runs to the Rays. Was looking really gassed by the end of it. And I I know Charlie was trying to get him the win, but it'll come. It just it it was sad to see Ryu laboring through that fifth inning. I do not want to see him do that. I want to see him like up to full speed and being able to like put the that arsenal of pitches wherever he wants. That was not what he was able to do on Friday night. Like, he he was cruising for the first couple innings. We saw what Ryu could do. We saw why he's an $80 million man. But it, it was just... He had to get out of there sooner. You, you can't be giving up um, home runs and then doubles to Jose Martinez. Like... It, it, was, it was just really tough to see. I believe Choi got that one, too. G-Man Choi, Blue Jays' tormentor. But all in all, I'm, I'm not, you know, shaken in my faith in Rio. We'll see what he does against Washington. Um, the silver medal goes to another Asian pitcher, the 
man who took the loss in today's game. That would be Shun Yamaguchi. And I expected better from Shun Yamaguchi, given what we heard of him, the the records he was able to put put up in Japan, and even going into a closing role. He has experience as a closer from Japan. You figure that he would be able to translate that and and at least, you know, keep things level for the Blue Jays. But no, it was very quick and and over very... I don't want to say painlessly because it, it still hurt. Um... Yeah, with the ghost runner on second, obviously you have to be more careful, but you you walked Jose Martinez and then you let Kevin Kiermeyer get his first hit of the season with a triple down the line. Shin Yamaguchi now has an infinite ERA. An ERA that matches his compatriot Shohei Otani, just with far, far more damaging numbers to Otani's ERA than Yamaguchi's, but like, it it seems like the Blue Jays are almost scared to put him out there. He didn't win the rotation job. They plan on using him as like a long relief guy just to mop up innings and not, is that what you paid this guy for? Is that is that what you paid $3 million to bring, bring over from Japan? Like, Yamaguchi's stuff has not been able to translate, apparently. But... Yeah, you know this is kind of a wonky season. So, it just kind of bothers me that, you know, you you don't let a guy really get a chance to get comfortable and succeed. Especially since apparently Yamaguchi spent the entire shutdown in Japan. So he just flew back here and like, you know, trying to trying to zoom right into things. It, it just, it just belies a lack of faith in, in Yamaguchi that... I'm worried we'll just make him another failed import along the lines of Daisuke Matsuzaka and Hideki Arabu and you know you you can insert a lot of players in that slot who aren't named Ichiro Suzuki and to a lesser extent Hideo Nomo or Hideki Matsui but no, he's, 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 gotta, he's got the same thing as Delise. He's got to figure out how to pitch. However, Yamaguchi is spared the infamous labeling of the gold medal winner of the pitchers that AJ is angry at, Tampa edition, by a familiar name to Blue Jays fans. And that would be Sweet Sammy G, Sam Gavilio. Sammy came out in the eighth inning of a 1-1 tie and was charged with keeping it that way. And Sammy G did not. Sammy G did the furthest freaking thing from it. And he doesn't even have the excuse that Shun Yamaguchi had. Shun Yamaguchi started with a guy on second base. Sam Gavilio came in for a clean inning. And promptly blew that game wide open. Just, I... After the game, it was said that Charlie Montoyo promised Sam Gavilio he would get more high leverage situations this season. 
what has Sam Gavilio done to prove he deserves those high leverage situations? Because he certainly did not do it in the bottom of the eight. He started fine. Struck out Willie Adamas. Great. Mike Zunino singles. Lifted for the pinch runner Hunter Renfro. Then you walk G-Man Choi to put runners on first and second with one out. You, you can't you can't give up the free pass like that to put the runner in scoring position, especially if you know he's a guy with speed now. But then Brandon Lau with an effortless triple to cash both them in. And then and then the balk on top of that to just let Lau walk home. Just <sighs> It it's that that's those are the days when you're just really freaking frustrated trying to watch the Blue Jays pitch. And it it I joke about the the roulette wheel of the Blue Jays bullpen. Which bullpen pitcher is gonna blow it today? Sammy has one of the largest wedges on that wheel for good reason. Yes, he has been a more effective reliever at the major league level than he ever was a starter. But he's still a pitcher who relies heavily on being able to spot his pitches and get those calls. And at this point in the season, when the control is still being fine-tuned, maybe you put the pitchers in there you trust a little more. And and not to put this all on Sammy G, another, another questionable decision by Charlie Montoyo. And again, we're going to talk about this more on Monday, but leaving Ken Giles out there when Ken Giles suddenly has Ricky and Keel disease is not a good look. I mean, the second he started missing like a foot outside the strike zone, you got to get a pitcher up. Like, I I learned that lesson way too many times in a simulation because I'd, I'd have um, Dolis in and be like, yeah, Dolis has got this. And then all of a sudden there are two singles and like, oh crap, I don't have anyone warming up. By the time I get Brian Moran ready, the damage is already done. And that's what happened today. I mean, Charlie is a very young manager. He's a very laid back manager, a very charismatic manager. You can say he's still learning the ins and outs. Uh, of being a major league manager. But the front office has shown that they want to win now. They're making moves to win now. They're signing Hyunjin Ryu to win now. So Charlie's got to step his game up, much like a lot of the other younger Blue Jays do. He's got to step up and start, you know, making the decisions that will get a win for the Blues. A good manager can steal you a win with the decisions that he makes. So far, Charlie Montoyo has been worth negative wins with the decisions he has made. And I, I admire the trust he has in the players that stuck through him. But does Sam Gavilio scream World Series winning reliever at you? I mean... To be fair, did Daniel Hudson do that last year? He ended up getting the final out when he kid Michael Brantley. It's a fair point. But Daniel Hudson also has a much better track record than Sam Gavilio. 
Uh, maybe you don't put Sam Gavilio in a 1-1 tie game in the 8th inning and not give yourself a freaking chance to make up for it if, by some divine logic, Sam Gavilio cannot keep the score tied. Put him in in the 6th inning in a tie game. That's fine. I'm totally fine with that. He can't be going in that late. I don't care what you promised him. Until he knows where his pitches are going and until he proves that he is back in mid-season form, he does not get the high leverage inning. That's just how it goes. I think I did rather well restraining myself there. So, thank you for bearing with me as I just got that off my chest because, oh, Sammy. Sammy, Sammy, Sammy. I swear. He's the kind of guy that makes me want to take a bat to my car and just go full Chun-Li on it. Luckily, if I do that, I can go to rockauto.com and get the parts I need to fix it. I mean, I can't fix it. But I know people who can, and I can get the parts for them at rockauto.com. It's a family business. It's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. It's got a very easy-to-use website. You can just click your categories, find the make and model of the car, and get any part you need from engine control modules to tail lamps to, you know, two headlights and a back windshield that might have been smashed in. Maybe a fender panel. Who knows? These are just random parts I'm thinking of. Anyway, you can find them at rockauto.com at the best possible prices because they're always reliably low there. Whether you're a professional mechanic or just a relative, I've convinced to fix my car up after I go Chen-Li on it. But yeah. Check out rockauto.com, and when they ask how you got there, write locked on in the little box, just so, you know, everyone gets to feel good about themselves, and get that warm, fuzzy feeling that smashing in a Corolla with a baseball bat didn't bring. So, check out a site with amazing deals of reliably low prices on all the parts you'll need at rockauto.com, and we will be back with another episode tomorrow detailing the... The body count from today's Tampa game. That will be fun. I won't be angry. I'll just be sad. So check that out tomorrow. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. However you get podcasts, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. You can follow the podcast at LockedOnJays on Twitter and Facebook. You know, also find the episode links there. And you can follow me on Twitter at A underscore J underscore Andrews, the underscore there, because Twitter is dumb, but it's good for venting, so I don't take it out on the car. So, yeah, now that we're at the end of this episode, you can tell your smart device, hey, smart device, play Locked On Fantasy Baseball. And you will be given the latest Locked On Fantasy Baseball episode with Scott Cohen, who can help you win your league. I am doing very well in my work league and my jsronacouch.com league. And I'm not going to give all the credit to Scott Cohen because I fancy myself a pretty good fantasy baseball player, but it helped. So check it out. And we will be back tomorrow to discuss the sky falling in on certain members of the Blue Jays. So 
until then, when I'm sure I'll be just as happy for everyone at the Lockdown Podcast Network and everyone at jaysfromthecouch.com. I'm AJ Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to tonight's episode. And y'all take care.